Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. When we started this journey, a journey like there has never been before, there's never been anything like this. We had a Republican Party that was ruled by freaks, neocons, globalists, open border zealots, and fools. But we are never going back to the party of Paul Ryan, Carl Rove, and Jeb Bush. That's our president, folks, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. This is the Conservative Crusader. Glad to be with you all today. As always, GOPJosh.com is our website. GOPJosh.com on the Red Future Radio Network, RedFutureRadio.com for that. Um, yeah, get all the plugs out of the way here really quick. Welcome to the program. Hope you all had a great weekend. It is Monday, March 6th, 2023, and this is the Conservative Crusader. So, Norfolk Southern was the train company behind the train crash in East Palestine, Ohio, and the train derailments. That caused vinyl chloride to leak into the water and you can't contaminate the water there and the air and everything we saw happen there. We're still following that to this day. Just not a lot of news has gone on in the past two days about it. Norfolk Southern needs to be investigated for their failure. Their only job at, at Norfolk Southern is to operate a railway. They cannot operate a railway. Norfolk Southern had a 212-car train in Springfield, Ohio, which is just about a, a, an hour away from Columbus, 15 minutes away from Governor Mike DeWine's home in uh, his his childhood home uh, in in uh, the, the People's Republic of Yellow Springs. So it's very close to the DeWines. 
Nearby residents were asked to shelter in place after a Norfolk Southern train derailed near a highway in the Springfield, Ohio area on Saturday. Norfolk Southern confirmed in a statement to CBS News that a 20 cars of the 212-car train derailed. The railway company said there were no hazardous materials aboard the train and there were no reported injuries. Residents within 1,000 feet of the derailment were asked to shelter in place out of an abundance of caution. The derailment occurred near State Route 41. The derailment left more than 1,500 residents without power, Clark County reported. Um, that's the county that Springfield is in. Pete Buttigieg tweeted Saturday night that he had been briefed by Federal Railroad Administrative staff about the derailment and also spoke to Governor Mike DeWine. Um, how has this happened again? And I know, and people are going to say, this is a common problem. Train derailments are a common thing. They happen all the time. Shouldn't have to worry about it. it it's, 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 it happens regularly. This is a regular thing that happens in America. We have a, a thousand derailments a, a, a year. We shouldn't be happy about that. We shouldn't be contempt with that, to, to use that word there. We shouldn't say, well, Josh, it happens a thousand times a year. Just ignore it. We have the infrastructure. The left passed that $2 trillion infrastructure deal uh, first week of the Biden administration. They forced it through with rhino Republicans voting for it. And they talk about how they repair the bridges and they do this and that. Yet they haven't fixed the railroads. This is the side. I, I want to remind you folks here that wants Amtrak everywhere and wants to be able to go from Cleveland to Columbus to Cincinnati on a train, right? That That's their plan here in Ohio. And John Kasich stopped that. Rare John Kasich W. This side that wants Amtrak, wants a lot of trains and things like that going through our pathway, does not want to fix our railways and does not want to make sure our railways are fixed. We, we currently have the money. We have the resources. And maybe, just maybe, we should deregulate railroads to the point that local governments can go in there and fix problems if they see problems. The county commissioners, the county engineers, the road departments for the city can go in there and say, our residents have been calling us, texting us, using our email line, whatever they want to do, and saying, hey, these tracks are bad. My tire popped on these tracks. It's rough to go across them, and it seems rough that it would be rough for a train. Or, hey, this track looks bent out of shape a little bit. Just someone watching it and seeing it. As of right now, according to regulation in place by the federal government, people that work for the city or for the state cannot go in there and fix these railroad tracks. The only people that can fix the railroads are Norfolk Southern, the other railroad companies that own the tracks, or the federal government. So you're telling me that a town of 58,000 people, Springfield, Ohio, is going to have priority in the federal government where they're like, yeah, we need to go fix these tracks right now. You're telling me East Palestine, Ohio, the small town of probably 700 people. I, I don't know the exact population. I should probably know that. You're telling me, yeah, 4,000, I'm sorry, 4,718. 4, You're telling me they can go out there and they're going to have priority by the federal government to fix their tracks? I don't think so. If, if, if you really take a look at this, and you look at it in a broad, broad perspective. We always say 
We need to have governments on the lowest level to work for the people. The reason we have a city government, a state government, and a federal government, and a township government is to have low-level government so the people can have what they need done, done. The roads can be maintained, the water can be turned on, the grass and the ditches can be mowed. That's why we have local governments. And that's why, inherently, we have a city government, a state government. What's the point of Columbus and Delaware and Hilliard and Grove City and Grove Port all having different governments? What's the point of that? They're, they're, they're that close together, they can just combine them together and all go into Columbus. But then Grove City, but then Hilliard, but then Groveport, but then Delaware wouldn't have the resources they need to repair the ground and, and repair the roads and repair the and, and mow the ditches So why don't we use the resources we have from already having a broken up government system so the local governments exist, so we have this this area where the governments are here in the people. Most people can name your township trustees. If you're in a small community especially, you can say, hey, I got a letter from our township trustees. Oh, which one? Was it it Bob? Was it Jim? Or was it Joe? That's how tight-knit these communities are. Where you can walk up at the grocery store and say, hey, hey, Joe, Hey, you're our township trustee, right? Can you can you get those looked at for us? Can you get these railroad tracks that are really bumpy and pop my tire? Can you get these looked at? Well, sorry, 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 Josh, we can't look at that because it's federal government only. That's stupid. We have so many wasted resources in our government, and we can't even go to the fact where we can say, "Hey, you work for the city government. You got some downtime today. Can you go out there and and, and bend this track back a little bit to make it straight so we can put a train on it?" Why is it tied up to the federal government? Why is it tied up to Norfolk Southern? Why are we allowing the safety of our people to be compromised because the federal government's the only people that can repair train tracks? I don't know about you all, but after what happened in East Palestine, after what happened in Springfield, after what's happened across the country in these past few weeks, I feel incredibly uneasy going near a railroad track. If I lived near one, if I was close to one on a regular basis, I'd be scared. What if you're waiting for a train to go by? You're you're rushing your spouse, your your person, your your family, your partner to the hospital, your child to the hospital, and you're waiting on a train, and, and you just wait, you wait, and and it derails right in front of you. What do you do? You try to go to the other meeting point. That's three miles down the road. Oh, hey, look, this train's three hundred cars long. You can't get there either. We need to really take this seriously, and I don't think our government is. They never take anything that the actual people care about seriously, if you haven't noticed that already. We need to ignore wokeism for a minute. We need to ignore the cultural battle for just a minute. And we need to get the government in there to repair our train tracks and make sure we won't be abandoned and struggled and poisoned if trains run off the tracks, if trains derail, if 20 cars decide to pile up into a riverbed right beside a state route. We have to look at this seriously. We have to take this seriously for once. Take something that people care about seriously. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's Joe P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. 
We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services and offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. Voiceover, translation, logo design, articles and blog posts, proofreading, graphic design, and digital marketing are just a few of the services offered on Fiverr. Go to bit.ly slash gopjosh, F-I-V-E-R-R, to get a Fiverr gig for your business or hobby today. That is bit.ly slash gopjosh, F-I-V-E-R-R, today. Patreon is a growing platform for exclusive content and interaction with the creators you love. Go to patreon.com slash gopjosh, and for as little as $3, you can unlock exclusive interaction and content with me while also supporting the program, patreon.com slash gopjosh, patreon.com slash gopjosh. And before we get to Blackout Coffee today, uh, I'm going to extend this a little bit more than normal. I'm going to put a link in the show notes below. Uh, Zazzle.com slash store slash redfuturadio is the link. Z-A-Z-Z-L-E dot C-O-M slash store slash redfuturadio is the link there. You can see a bunch of stuff with Red Future Radio. Bumper magnets that have gopjosh.com, redfuturadio.com. Make Radio Great Again embroidered hats. Um, and we got a mug here. It's a Red Future Radio Network mug. Got our logo on both sides, so you can drink out of it and see it. And the person that you're sitting with can see it as well and be like, hey, what's that logo on your mug? Get it with a red inside even, make it look all nice and slick. You know what would taste amazing in one of these Red Future Radio mugs? Blackout coffee. Blackout Coffee is a patriotic and tasty coffee company that offers both uh, that offers chocolate, uh, co- hot chocolate coffee, mugs, shirts, and more. Get some great coffee at blackoutcoffee.com. Use code TSMS for 10% off your order and to support the Red Future Radio Network. Code TSMS at blackoutcoffee.com. And put that Blackout Coffee in one of our great, fantastic Red Future Radio mugs to just make your morning even better. Thank you for supporting the program. For all of our above supporters, thank you for joining us as well on the Conservative Crusader on this Monday edition of the program. Went into our train just rant earlier, so if you missed that, go back and listen to the podcast. CNN is the probably smallest, second smallest cable news network there is right now, only behind MSNBC, MSDNC. Um, Jeff Zucker was the former CEO and owner, or president, I'm sorry, of CNN. Terrible, terrible boss. He's a terrible media executive. He he did a bad job. His only focus was hating Trump. Now that he's gone, and they have someone a little more moderate in that position, CNN isn't as bad. I mean, I don't watch CNN regularly, but they're not as bad as they were before. They didn't ban Don Lemon from the network for saying Nikki Haley's out of her, her prime. So they're not that pro-censorship and that bad. I mean, they had him on, the uh, had the host on there and then he said that and, and and it's whatever um so cnn boss jeff zucker if you missed the the, the news i i don't think this is most people's main source for information this program this is a commentary show not a news show and i try to clarify that about once a month if you're listening to this to get information this is not the place for information this is the place for commentary from the voice of the future gop josh um not a news show by any means 
any description of the word news. We, we describe what's going on. We tell you what's going on in a timely fashion, but we're not a news program. This is a commentary program. But Jeff Zucker knew, everyone in the elites knew that COVID leaked from a lab. It was completely underwhelming that it came from a, a, a bat soup two miles away from the Wuhan Vi- uh, Institute of Virology. There's no way that it ever came from the bat soup. We know that. I, I kind of hinted at it early on in the program saying, yeah, it might have. I was wrong. And I'll tell you every time I'm wrong, I, I was wrong. But Jeff Zucker told staffers at CNN to ignore the lab leak theory of COVID-19 because it was a Trump talking point. Zucker gave the order in the early months of 2020 as the pandemic first kicked off. A well-placed CNN insider allegedly told Fox Digital. The network's coverage of the origins of the virus during a following months took a demissive tone towards the lab leak theory, calling it misinformation and a conspiracy theory. I'm tired of people calling it a conspiracy theory and calling everything they disagree with a conspiracy theory. It should be called an I told you so theory. Because in three years or two years or six months, it'll be right. Very few conspiracies that have gone on in the public sphere, thinking of like Alex Jones-esque and, 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 and actual theorists, so to speak, have been wrong about. There's very few they've been wrong about for an extended period of time that hasn't eventually came true. Right? So if you want to hear the news of next week, listen to Alex Jones. If you want to hear the news of two weeks from now, listen to Babylon B. But I digress. On March 28, 2020, CNN media reporter Olivia Dar- or Oliver, I'm sorry, Darcy, published a piece called Here's How to Debunk Coronavirus Misinformation and Conspiracy Theories from Friends and Family and called the April 2020 headline Lab Lake Theory, pardon me, excuse me, almost certainly not true. Its origin is up for debate, but it wasn't made in a lab, the outlet reported at the time. In May of 2020, then CNN journalist Chris Cazilla wrote that outside of Trump and his immediate inner circle, most people in a position to know are very, very skeptical of the Trump narrative that the virus came out of the lab. Dr. Fauci wasn't skeptical. Dr. Fauci knew that it came out of a lab. We all know this came out of a lab. We knew it for months. This isn't breaking news. This isn't something new in any capacity. We have known this since March of 2020, since before March of 2020. But Trump said it. Everything Trump says turns true. Oh, well, Trump's speech last night was full of lies. Oh, Trump never tells the truth. He tells the truth from six months from now. Six months from now, everything he says turns true. He is a fortune teller. I don't know. I'm, I'm just... Because Trump said it, we can't say it on our network. What if Trump said water was wet? Which is, it isn't wet. But what if he said... Water's not wet. Water's not wet. Breaking news. CNN projects water is not wet. Because Trump said it. Because Trump said it. Could you imagine having so much hate for a man in your life that you refuse to even say what he says that's true? I, I, I don't know. I wish I could put my mind in the head of a leftist for even a minute, but I don't think I'd want to be in there very long, probably corrupt my mind, and I just, I couldn't handle that. All right. Trump is going to be the 47th president. If I ever have him on the program, the 45th, 46th, and 47th president of the United States, Donald J. Trump, is going to be his title. 
He won 2016, he won 2020, and he will win 2024. At least he'll win the primary. At the very least. And, and if he's not frauded out, he'll win the general election. Overwhelmingly, Trump wins the CPAC poll. The straw poll of 2,800 people there um, at CPAC. Trump receives 60% of the support. The second place option. The, the next person, the second place was Ron DeSantis with 20%. Trump beat Ron DeSantis in a CPAC straw poll by 40%. 40%. Up next is Perry Johnson, who I think it's funny he's third place. He's the uh, two cents guy, my two cents plan to save America. He launched his campaign at CPAC at, a, at a, like a table he had, gave away his book, signed his book. He's at third place. Nikki Haley's at fourth place. Someone who's been running for weeks now, who's the former national um, ambassador to the United Nations, she's a big person in politics. She's behind a guy who wrote a book about two, two pennies. Vivek Ramaswamy is next, tied with Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, and Mike Pompeo. Tucker Carlson, Tim Scott, Larry Hogan, Glenn Young, and Mike Pence are all tied. Liz Cheney, Marco Rubio, Christy Noem, um, Ben Carson, Carrie Lake, Chris Sununu, John Kennedy are all tied. Greg Abbott, Tom Cotton, Rick Scott, Chris Christie, John Bolton, Asa Hutchinson are all tied. Other was one point. They didn't say who the other was. And then undecided was two people. The vice president poll was also a pretty massive run. It was Carrie Lake with 20%, Ron DeSantis with 14, Nikki Haley with 10, Ramaswani with 6, Mike Pompeo with 6, Christy Noem with 5, Rand Paul with 4, Tim Scott, Glenn Youngkin all with 4, uh, T- Ted Cruz, Ben Carson also all with 3, Elise Stefanik, John Kennedy with 2, Mike Pence, Marco Rubio, Tom Cotton, Rick Scott, Tulsi Gabbard, Perry Johnson, Liz Cheney all with 1. Larry Hogan, Greg Abbott, Chris Sununu, Asa Hutchingtons, Chris Christie, and John Bolton, all with less than a percent. Other five undecided six. Perry Johnson was a write-in candidate, and he beat out Nikki Haley. We played on the program here. I believe we did, at least. I hope we did. I'm going to play it again just in case, because I think it's important for to, to, to kind of figure out the kind of crowd at CPAC this year. Um, are those tweets gone? Are those tweets gone? Well, I'll be darned. We can't find the clips anymore. Um, so we're not going to play the clip here. Um, I, I had a bookmarks on Twitter because I have the Twitter blue. I have it organized here. Those tweets just don't exist anymore. So whoever tweeted off those clips who deleted them, thank you very much. You made my life so, so fantastic right now. But we will move on after the break. So, so Trump, and after the break we'll talk about this, there's supposedly a big Trump pro-Trump mob on Twitter. Attacking thousands of fake, hundreds of thousands of fake accounts on Twitter about Donald Trump. Whatever. We'll, we'll talk about that next on the Conservative Crusader Radio Show. RedFutureRadio.com, GOPJosh.com, back after this. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader.
Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader Radio Program. GOPjosh.com is our webpage. If you're not already checking that out regularly, make sure you do so. GOPjosh.com. GOPjosh.com. The current state of our country is just a mess. Where we have train derailments back and forth all the time, thanks to our wonderful Norfolk Southern. We've got a president falling down the stairs again. He, he, he fell up the stairs, I'm sorry, again, um, just the other day. We have a senator from Pennsylvania who's never been seen in public since he had a, a depressive episode. We'll talk about that next. Um, all this big major news. And we have 10TV in Columbus, Ohio, based on the Associated Press, a, a reporting from them. That's how important this is. The Associated Press is the most cowardly organization in news, right? probably next to the Daily Beast. Just lying. They lie all the time. But they, they covered this, so we'll talk about it here. There's massive pro-Trump bot network on Twitter. Bots, okay? Bots, bots. Over the past 100 mo- 11 months, not 100 months, someone created thousands of fake automated Twitter accounts, perhaps hundreds of thousands of them, to offer a stream of praise for Donald Trump. Besides posting adoring words about the former president, the fake accounts ridiculed Trump critics for both parties, and attacked Nikki Haley, who was challenged her one-time boss for the 2024 Republican presidential nomination. When it came to Ron DeSantis, the bots aggressively suggested that the Florida governor couldn't beat Trump, but would be a great running mate. As Republican voters sized up their candidates for 2024, whoever created the bot network is seeking to put a thumb on the scale, using online manipulation techniques powered, uh, pioneered by the Kremlin to sway the digital platform conversation about candidates while exploiting Twitter's algorithms to maximize their reach. The sprawling bot network was uncovered by researchers at Syabra, Syabra, an Israeli tech firm that shared its finding with the Associated Press. While identity of those behind the network of fake accounts is known, unknown. Um, one account will say Biden is trying to take our guns, Trump was the best. One will say January 6th was a lie and Trump was innocent, said Joel Gross, the cyber engineer who first discovered the network. Those voices are not people for the sake of democracy. I want people to know what's happening. Bots, are they awfully called, or fake automated accounts that became notoriously well-known after Russia employed them in an effort to meddle in the 2016 election. Okay, we're getting into the left-wing talking points now. But the overall topic here, it wouldn't surprise me if there are some right-wing bots on Twitter. Some, some people on Twitter, some people who post on Twitter and support Trump aren't real people. Greg Markin, uh, MD, Markin Institute for Minimally Invasive Surgery, this guy likes like a million tweets a day. He is a bot. Um, but as I move on here, <laughs> I, I, I get this guy's notifications all the time on Twitter. And if you're active in election Twitter, you probably do too. Um, I don't care. This isn't important news. If there's bots on Twitter, so what? Uh, what's this guy's name? MMP, the Brooklyn Dad Defiant on Twitter, okay? He has so many bots in his replies. Boom. California Governor Gavin Newsom just threw down the gauntlet on Walgreens saying the state will no longer do business with Walgreens because of their refusal to distribute abortion pills. Way to go, Governor Newsom. Um, scroll down here past the people I follow who replied to it. Um, and you'll just see a bunch of less left-wing bots. Can I scroll down here really quickly here? Let's see them all complain about the free market now. Walgreens stores were closing. If that's a conservative here. Just keep scrolling a little bit. Thank God he's my governor. A true leader stepping up and doing the right thing. Way to go, Walgreens. Oh, that, that's a good one. 
But what I'm saying is, this is, if you scroll down here, he has how many replies to this tweet? It came out four hours ago. He has 3,000 replies. You're telling me those are all people or 4,000 replies. And they could be some pro-Trump people in there saying, pro-Trump bots saying, I don't like you, dude, or whatever they say. But I think the more the, the, the bigger problem are the people on the left who are getting paid by the Democratic Party to, to say certain things and, and to, to, to propose their policies and to their, promote their people and not disclosing they're being paid. You shouldn't be able to tweet paid propaganda in order to, to influence voters, influence the people's major public opinions, get paid for it by the party or a party, and then get away with it. Brooklyn Dad Defiance, one of them, what's her name? Erica. Um, she was some bot-looking thing. I don't remember her name now. She was she was like a former employee of Donald, or Erica Marsh. Listen to this tweet. Uh, my name is Erica. She, her. I'm a proud Democrat, fully vaccinated and boosted. Still wear two masks whenever I go out and support Ukraine. I will never stop advocating for progressive candidates and causes fighting against the fascist ultra MAGA. Retweet if you are with me. That's a bot. Biggest bot I've ever heard of in my life. Um, so, th- so the real problem are, aren't conservative bots; they're left wing bots. Conservatives are the majority in the in the world, if we're being honest. Um, the bots are those on the left trying to change that landscape. But we will move on here. John Fetterman, who is the senator from Pennsylvania, he is in the hospital on February 15th for clinical depression. How long does depression hospitalization take? Let's look that up really quick. I guess it doesn't actually say. How long do people with depression get hospitalized here? A short time. Just a short time. What do you consider a short time? Not a month. Depressive disorder was 6.1 days, according to stat, uh, t- Statistica. February 15th, that's over two weeks. Senator John Fetterman will be back soon, an official from his office said Monday as his hospital stay for clinical depression continued into its third week. Productive morning with F- Senator Fetterman at Walter Reed discussing the rail safety legislation, farm bill, and other Senate business. The chief of staff, Adam Gentleson, wrote in a Monday tweet, including pictures of the senator working at a hospital table. Wait a second. Adam Gentleton doesn't have his pronouns in his bio. How do we How do we know that? How do we know what he is? How do we know his, his gender? Um, anyways. He's laser-focused on PA and will be back soon. And he's just here in a Carhartt hoodie at a table, reading a paper, talking to a guy. I'm guessing the guy is Adam Gentleson. Um... I don't know how hard it would be to pull up a phone and and pull open the camera. You know, you can press this button here right on the side. Press the button. Press video. And hey, look, I'm, I'm as I'm talking on the show, I, I'm now recording a video on my phone. And you can see that it's actually me talking. I'm actually doing what I said I'm doing here. And how hard would that be for a senator to do? Why can't he, he, he get a camera pointed in front of him and say, this is John Fetterman. I am okay. I am not dead. I did not have another stroke. I am not brain dead. I'm just talking. And this is me, and I am Senator John Fetterman, and we're okay. I'm very concerned for his health. 
But right now, Pennsylvania has no representation in the U.S. Senate. That is 49 out of 50 states that have some representation. California is missing one. John Fetterman either needs to be replaced or he needs to become healthy. I mean, it, we, we can't wait around all, all day for John Fetterman. He's been out for two three weeks now. He co-sponsored legislation while he was in the hospital. That's incredibly unusual. He can't vote on legislation right now. Um, so John Fetterman, I'm praying for him, obviously. But we can't just wait around. We have to have a Senate. We can't, and you really think Chuck Schumer's going to bring up a vote on anything when he's missing three of his senators? No. Um, Joe Calavello, the communication director for John Fetterman, said he's doing well working with doctors, remains on a path to recovery. He had a stroke just before the May Democratic uh, Senate primary election. Um, I remember hearing about that on the news. Fetterman beat Mehmet Oz in that primary. Not that primary, I'm sorry, that general election. Um, but yeah, John Fetterman is in the hospital. We're not allowed to question it at all. We have to make sure he's okay and, and he's he's fine, you know. We're, he, he, he's, he's a fine man. But yeah, we, we, need, we need to watch that closely, see what's going on with him very closely. Um, I'm concerned for his health. I really am, and I'm concerned for the people of the state of Pennsylvania for not having representation. What if they need help with a federal office? That's the senator's job. So, I digress. We'll be right back after this on the program. McConnell, we're going to talk, the Ohio segment is, uh, is Ohio and Indiana. We have bad news for those who support conservative values in the state of Ohio. We have good news for those who support conservatives in Indiana. Back after this on the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Um, big news in, in the Senate elections, and we have a short segment here for the Ohio segment. Brought to you by Patreon.com slash GOP Josh, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash G-O-P-J-O-S-H. Jim Bank- Banks, and this is actually Indiana, but Jim Banks is the only guy running for that race. He's a representative. He will win that open Senate seat in 2024. It is a pretty much decided primary. They cleared the field. Uh, Steve Daines, by the way, he is the NRSC chair. He is a competent man. If he was our chair last time, he would have won 54 Senate seats. He's very competent. He's clearing the field for Jim Banks to run in that primary, uh, not having anyone else run there. He's getting people like Mitch McConnell to go out and fundraise for Jim Banks. He is very capable. He is a smart man. He is doing a fantastic job. Where Where is Steve Daines from? I believe it's Montana. Steve Daines is from Montana. He is a competent man, and he is, I'm very excited to see him lead this party forward and, and lead the NRSC forward. He is a competent chair of the MR, NRSC, much more competent th- th- than uh, Rick Scott. At this fundraiser for Jim Banks is John Cornyn, Tom Cotton, Lindsey Graham, Lind- Lady G, uh, Marco Rubio, and J.D. Vance. So this is a fantastic lineup of conservatives going for this man, going for Jim Banks, and he's clearing the field. Great job, Steve Daines. Just wanted to put that out there. With that, there's an important race to follow. It's going to be a, a Republican hold and a very important Republican hold at that. All right. We've done plenty on this program, and I'll probably re-air the 
a segment one time next week, the the anti LaRose segment, the the dissertation, so to speak. Um, but he's gonna run. I I'm I'm he was at CPAC this weekend talking to conservatives. I believe Bernie Moreno probably will run as well. He was also there. Um Ohio Republican Secretary of State told a crowd on Saturday that he is actively considering a run for U.S. Senate against Democrat Sherrod Brown in 2024. He told The Hill, I'm getting a lot of encouragement. I have not made an announcement. It's something I'm actively thinking about. LaRose explained that he has received support from conservative gathered at the conference as he walked around the halls and believes Senator Sherrod Brown, who has held the seat in the Senate since 2007, is a national embarrassment. LaRose acknowledged that Brown is an, a talented politician, but one of the most liberal members of the United States Senate. He votes with Biden 98% of the time. His values are misaligned with Ohio. For many years, he has been portraying himself as a working-class hero, man of the people. It's not true. He said a good candidate that can beat him. LaRose said of Senator, uh, said of Senator Brown, we need a battle-tested candidate that's ready to, glow, to go, and that's why I'm exploring it. All right. Frank LaRose... You're not the guy to explore it. Let, let's be completely honest here. Let's talk about your record. Let's talk about your ties, your foreign policy. I think he's a great, decent man. I think he's a decent person to have as a secretary of state. He, he's decent at that job. Not fantastic. He's decent. But in that position, your foreign policy doesn't matter. I'm encouraging you all to do this right here. From Colin Frank LaRose on Twitter, Ukraine. First thing that pops up here on the fifth tweet. He must face Putin, must face severe consequences. NATO can't stand by as the sovereignty of our allies is violated by Russia. America must always stand up to thugs. We're going to get in a war if shared or, uh, Frank LaRose is the vote in that. We're going to get in a war if Matt Dolan is a, is a vote in that. And I'm frankly not satisfied with the lesser of two evils. I will be able to vote in this 2024 Senate primary. And if it's between Dolan and LaRose, I'll probably leave my ballot blank. I'm going to be honest. And I don't think many conservatives will, will get out and vote for Frank LaRose. He won by 20 points against a candidate no one knew. He should have won by 30. Let's be real. This is Ohio in a midterm election. Where they had a ticket against the mayor of the third or fourth most populous town in the in the state, won by thirty points. Frank LaRose should have won by twenty five points at least. I'm not saying it's unreasonable. No one knew who Chelsea Clark was. Who was Chelsea Clark? Who is? Let me, let me look up here for y'all. I don't know who she is. I don't know what she did to 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 get in that position. She doesn't have a photo on Wikipedia. Um. She was a small, she was a city councilman. That's how important this woman was. She was a city councilman, which is an important position, just not for Secretary of State now. Um, and I don't doubt that Frank LaRose has done some things that are decent, but he's not a, an, an honest man. And, and the best thing of this network, the same, uh, the Red Future Radio Network, is Simon McGuire. He went and actually talked to Frank LaRose and a group of people. Let's see if I can find this clip here. Just. The way he's like, yeah, you, you, you know, we, we can't talk to you. We're not going to talk to you. I'm not going to talk to you right here. Proud Trump supporter that you'll find, and he'll tell you that those are the machines that he thought were the best ones for his county. The thing about voting machines in Ohio that people need to know is that they are never connected to the Internet. You recording me? Yes, sir. Are we here to do an interview or are we here to talk? Well, isn't my freedom to record you? Yeah, it's my okay. freedom to walk away. 
So well, walk can well, talk? Why can't, why what? can't it be a You're the Secretary of State. You can talk with the okay. camera on you. Keep talking. That's the most powerful person. 17's fine. My tax dollars pay for it. Keep talking. Let's hear about this election. friendly, Sam. You know that? Well, yeah, we can, but you're, you just you just confronted me about recording you. No. Okay. It, it, it's normal to tell a fellow human before you start videotaping. You're the Secretary of State. I know my job. You are the second. That, that is one of the highest. Just tell me next time you're going to start recording me. All right, buddy. Can I record you, Mr. Lewis? You may. Thank you. All right. So the point I'm making is that in Ohio, voting machines are never connected. And that's pretty much it. He, he, he parrots his talking point. He won't get recorded to, to speak. He he has to know when he's being recorded in Ohio. That's not legal. He should know that. He he's in the government. He doesn't have to tell you when you're recording. It's a one party consent state. Frank LaRose is not the guy you think he is. He's not the kind of guy we want in the Senate. He's going to get us into endless wars. He will be Rob Portman 2.0. He will be worse than Rob Portman. Mark my words. He'll be in there for like 50 years. He's 40 years old. He will be in there for probably 35, 40 years. He is tied into the House Bill 6 scandal. That's going to be big news. If Larry Householder is indicted, if Matt Borges is indicted in the House Bill 6 scandal, the former chair of the Ohio Republican Party, Matt Borges, and the Speaker of the House, Larry Householder, if they are indicted, Frank LaRose is going to be next up. He's going to be under federal investigation. Don't take the risk and nominate this man. Ohio voters. He shouldn't even take the risk and run. He really shouldn't. And I, I, I don't like um, Bernie Moreno. But at least Bernie Moreno isn't under federal investigation or won't be under federal investigation. I just wish he wasn't pro-legal immigration. But my friends, that is all for tonight, as always. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here for this entire episode. For those listening, sticking by, make sure you rate five stars on Apple Podcasts. Liberals like to go through, never listen to a look at the show and rate one star or rate two stars and tank our ratings and make it three, three, three stars. We know y'all like the show better than that, so rate five stars on Apple Podcasts, uh, five stars on Spotify, wherever you can rate. Um, share it to a friend if you're a in a conservative group, like a like a like an organization, and you're like, hey, this is a young conservative, 16 years old, and he's here speaking more truth in the mainstream media. Just share that to one of your friends. Help grow the program that way, and we will continue to take on the left together. Until next time, my friends. GOP Josh, RedFutureRadio.com, GOPJosh.com. Back Wednesday. Until next time, my friends, stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 